Hey, love, we have episode 56 here for you, how to date with depth with Michelle Wellington of Women Can Heal. This was an epic episode. We cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. You're going to want to pull the car over, take a journal out, <laughs> write down so many things because it, we, the three of us were on fire and Michelle had such a beautiful story and really was willing to share about what it was like for her before she was conscious and aware and connected to herself. So we hope that feels really good for you to hear another person share her journey before I read her bio. Is there anything you want to say, Kate? Yeah, just I loved this conversation in this episode. She's um, very, very aligned with what we teach. And and um, yeah, there were so many so many nuggets of gold that she dropped that just felt so, so good. So yeah, excited to share this one with you. So Michelle is a coach at Women Can Heal and the founder of the Women's Wake Up Club. A seeker and practitioner of life, she's learned the art of finding love, but radically transforming herself and her life over the last 10 years. After nearly 15 years of ghosting, being dumped, chasing unavailable men, and finding unhealthy love, without having to compromise on her worth or values, she discovered how to find and create the love she deserved. She's now in a passionate, soulful, and committed relationship with the wonderful man she's proud and grateful to wake up to each morning. In her coaching and online education programs, she brings precision, raw truth, fierce loyalty, and immense love to the women she works with. She brings kindness, support, and patience, and balances it out with honest reflection, encouraging you past any distractions you have around your awakening, healing, desire, and purpose. It is Michelle's calling to bring this transformative work to women so they can experience the lasting cheat lasting changes she and so many others before her have had. So enjoy this episode, take notes, you get to have the love you desire, and it starts with you. Let us know what you think. Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine, and we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after. <laughs> forever and ever no yeah no. <laughs> no we are definitely not gonna do that we are sick of that story and it's a lie it is a lie you're listening to the new truth a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love we are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Michelle, thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I just made a joke and said three relationship coaches walked into a bar and Kate said... <laughs> And how, how many men did they pick up? <laughs> I'm, I'm still thinking about the answer to that. Like none? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, we are so excited to have you. And this feels like an episode, ladies, that you're going to want to sit down for. You're going to want to have mm -hmm. a notebook out. <laughs> You've got some serious wisdom that's about to be dropped on how to date with depth. 
This is Michelle's brand. She's going to talk to us all about what that means. And most of all, an episode of really teaching you that you can release the dating games. You can stop complaining about shallowness and align yourself with exactly what you want and create the relationship you want. So I think we should really like jump right in with what does it mean to date with depth? And then we'll probably have a bunch of stories about what it looks like to not (laughs) date with depth. (laughs) yeah oh gosh so dating with depth um I think like just like the the simple answer is dating in a way that is intentional but you're able to do so because you've done the work to build a strong relationship with yourself that is what I really think the the heart of dating with depth is all about Yes. You know, and we were talking before about, you know, like the work in quotes is can be like a really vague phrase. Like, what does that actually even mean? And what I really appreciate about, you know, dating with depth and also like a lot of other relationship coaches that feel like they're still moving into this now is that they're making it more concrete. Like, what does the work actually mean and how can you apply it to your love life? So really dating with depth to me is like building a really strong relationship with yourself so that you can create a strong relationship with someone else. Yes, I love that so much. I love the word depth too. It's just Mm -hmm. because to me, depth is just actually being here and now in the present moment and being in your inner experience while you're having an experience with someone else and how like the old paradigm of love is what we call the old way of doing things, which is so much of so much of dating is just our, our fantasy and ideas in our minds of who this person is and what we think instead of actually dropping into our own curiosity and noticing where we're feeling resistance and noticing where we're softening and, and actually being in our own experience. Most of us are just in our heads in an I fantasy about the other person and not actually there present in the date. Totally. And um, I would actually add on that, like, we, we also like we're in a fantasy sometimes based off of what society has told us. But then we also bring so much from our own upbringing, you know, how Mm -hmm. we saw our parents um, in in love relationships. And so we, we have these these, these ways of being that can also trip us up a lot. So we're like in fantasy, or we're like out there with tools that don't actually work. Yes. I don't know how many times it needs to be said that it starts with you. Like the relationship you have with yourself is what's going to be reflected in your relationship with others, but it needs to be said over and over and over again. Cause for me, the fairy tale and part of what was a major and still is a pain point for me or what breaks my heart is people still think love is intuitive right? Like it it still is like that love just magically happens that all I have to do is find the right person. And then the constant complaining and, and pointing the finger at someone. And if only they would be different, then everything would be okay. And um, it's still a big deal. I mean, it's a really big deal to take responsibility for yourself and decide that it's going to be different because you're going to be different. And so Michelle, tell us like even how you got into this work. Um, You know, it's like, I'm in a long-term partnership and it's, it's good. I get challenged in this relationship and I'm really happy to be in it, but you know, it, it wasn't always so great for me. Um, Really, I got into sharing this, 
you know, body of work in this particular way of, you know, transformation for yourself by my own struggles, you know, I, um, I mean, where do I begin? It's like, I'm a, I'm a child of divorce, right? So the model that I had um, wasn't of two, you know, stable and secure parents, you know? And so when someone doesn't have a model, they go out and they try to do the best they can. And um, I did try to do the best they can, but it was really messy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I remember, you know, I went off to, went off to college you know, have never having dated anyone. And, you know, early on, I, I really got into that fantasy you were talking about, Kate, just like, oh, like one day, like I'm going to meet someone and it's going to be perfect. And like, I went off to college, you know, 18 years old, having no experience with boys and just like a lot of it up in my mind and fantasy. And my first relationship was really um, really unhealthy. Like I went off to college with some pretty unhealthy ways of what I thought, you know, love and getting into relationship was. So, you know, what that looked like was, you know, becoming very fixated on people and, um, becoming really attached. Like, you know, I, I didn't realize it at the time, but just like very anxiously attached 18 year old in college. (laughs) Also like having, you know, parties and alcohol and people, all over the place that's just like a recipe for disaster Mm. and you know at times it really was so becoming really fixated on people when the relationship would end because they'd be like whoa like you're a bit much like Mm. I'm 18 I just got to college like I want to have fun and I'd be like no we need to ride off into the sunset (laughs) we need to be in a relationship and they would you know they would just they'd just like be like okay you're a bit too much and I would just be heartbroken and I share my story a lot, particularly in college. It was a cycle of me becoming really attached, feeling like a relationship was going to save me mm. and um, make everything better. And when it didn't work out, just being devastated mm. <laughs> and, and just like, I like to say, just kind of acting out in between these relationships I'd be in, you know, you know, ha- you know, going out and just like, kind of hooking up with people to feel better, you know? Or like being alone, like going on a dating boycott and be like, I'm not dating anyone at all, you know, and just like really starving myself of connection. Mm. So there's a lot of that in between Mm. relationships. And um, I can honestly say it was like a wash, rinse and repeat of like get super attached, be in a relationship, have it be a struggle because I didn't know how to love myself, it ending, being devastated, you know picking my, picking the pieces up and then finding the next person. And I was just in this incredibly painful cycle of relationships and dating like that, where I felt really, really, really lost and exhausted, mm-hmm. just exhausted. And like, I, I, in my story, it's like, I like bopped around to different cities. And so I'd get like exhausted in one city and I'd be like, it's the city. It's oh. too stimulating here. Or it's, you know, it's the guys like I need to, you know, and I moved to a new city. So it's like, wow. I went from I went from Connecticut to Boston to New York City to Austin, you know, and I just like kept repeating the same cycle of, you know, dating chaos for myself. So the, I'm just going to pause you for a sec. The message in that part of the story is that for every, for, for, if you're sitting here thinking there's no good guys in Vancouver, the men in LA are so shallow, the men in this city are so, I always say my, like all my clients say this, no matter what city they are in the world, um, is we blame the city, we blame men, we blame, Mm -hmm. you know, our, our, we blame the external and 
perfect example. <laughs> like you move to every city in America and still um, having the same cycle. So wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> and oh my gosh, I cannot even believe you said that because <laughs> like, oh, I'll get to that in my story, but that was the book I saw in Barnes oh. & Noble that like changed the whole game for me. No I way. Picked that up. I saw it. It's like, yeah, it's so funny that you, <laughs> you mentioned that. That's the book that I picked up that changed everything for me. Whoa. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, just, and I love what you said about, um, you know, we change cities and we're like, oh, it's it's something outside of ourselves. Yeah. And um, a big part of my, like, I, I just avoided looking at myself because it was too painful. Yeah. You know, like I had, I had things from my childhood that were unprocessed, mm. you know, and I just was trying to heal and process that through getting into relationships and mm. really, what I learned after this very long cycle and a lot of mess and a lot of heartbreak and, you know, picking myself back up that like, I had to, I had to realize that I was the common denominator. And I really got that when I saw this book in Barnes and Noble, finally, where I was like, huh, it's, it's such a good book. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Waking yeah. Up. That is so mm-hmm. cool. I love it. I wish we didn't all have to learn the hard way. <laughs> but but it is Some of that, us really need to it's, it's that really place of I think there's a reason romantic comedies romantic movies are so popular I mean this longing for love is in the psyche so deep like it is it, love has been written about since the beginning of time there are the myths and stories like it's not like this is new mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is in the human psyche and so it's that place awakening happens when i can realize that the desire for love is not bad and wrong but i'm looking for me mm-hmm. right and i really love the languaging you just used when i was trying to process my childhood in the relationships I have like welcome to how everyone's doing relationship. You know, you don't get to get the childhood you always dreamed of by choosing the perfect partner. Um, uh, and yeah, yeah, growing up's a big freaking deal. <laughs> it's it's mm-hmm. a big deal to grow up. And I dream of a world where relationship education is in schools. And most of all, dream of a world where women are taught how to take responsibility for their happiness and to know that happiness is, does not lie in a partner. Because mm-hmm. when I think of Amen. my love addiction and fantasy, <laughs> yeah. like that was it. And I, you know, I had a client this morning. I had a client this morning who's been working with a couple's therapist for a year. And in eight weeks with me, she's transforming her relationship in ways she hasn't for a year. I mean, it's kind of scary what's happening out there. Um, but anyway, no, no one had said to her over a year, like, do you know how to be happy no matter what he's doing? Mm right? Like, do you know how to recognize that you are in charge of your experience and you can have a choice about how upset you want to get about the little things or whether or not you want to punish him for not giving you what you want? I think that that's something um, I've seen with dating. It's either that help the helpless princess or like the wicked witch of the West. <laughs> like, yeah. we talk? <laughs> like, the, 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 like, I'm going to punish you for not doing what I want. I mean, talk about not lack of skill and like unprocessed pain. And I think that's the most important thing about the fantasy to just normalize it is like we fantasize in order to minimize our pain. Like that's an important thing that a child does. Like the fantasy of being rescued is to be taken out of how painful the dramatic and and traumatic childhood. But then at some point you have to realize you're not in your childhood home anymore, right? Like you're here, you're now, you get to make 
those decisions. And I really appreciated Michelle, you're saying you, you know, you've, you created a method, right? So I think we should dive in a little to like what that inner work actually looks like, like what it means to do your work, because I can feel half the time at the very beginning of my journey was like, just love yourself. And, and Kate and I did an epic episode on like the truth about self-love, but just love yourself. Like, oh, okay. Like I hate yeah. myself. Like I'm so disconnected. You're just shouting, love yourself more, you know, on the interwebs and it doesn't work that way. So maybe let's do, let's do a little bit of like, what even you know, you said it, like, I didn't love myself that much. Like when, how did your journey begin in terms of that kind of practice for yourself? Or what does even self-love mean to you now in your life? Yeah. Wow. Such great questions. So I'll start with what is, what does self-love mean to me in my journey now? So self-love does not always feel good. <laughs> I want to first say that um, loving yourself I'm sure you've seen the memes is like beyond salt baths and chocolate, right? It's, it's, it's can be setting boundaries, could be mm. walking away from people and things that don't match up with your values. Um, so self-love to me is being in full alignment with my true self. Now, how do you discover your true self, your true values, your desires and things like that? That's where the inner work comes. You know, um, I'm working with a client right now and um, we're doing a bit of purpose coaching and, you know, it's all, all roads to lead to her discovering who her true self is, like her, her soul purpose, her soul essence, like why is she here? And like acknowledging all the masks that she's had to put, she's put on over her life that has blocked her from her true authentic self. So to me, self-love is um, removing the mask, doing the work to remove the mask, like get out of the roles you don't actually want to be in, discovering what your true desires are on this planet, and um, taking action from there to honor that and be in full alignment. So that's what self-love means to me. And then how do you, how do, you do that? Like, what is the inner work? Like, how can we make it really concrete? Well, to me, the, <clears throat> to me, the inner work, excuse me, <clears throat> to me, the inner work means um, removing, removing the mask, removing the roles, right? And um, inner work is a process of going back into your history, sorry, going back into your history to find out like your source and find out like, what contributes to some of the patterns you have in your life that are not serving you so that you can put in place healthier patterns and healthier actions that do serve you, that do serve your true self. So it can look a lot of different ways, as I'm sure you both know, you know, there's so many different like modalities to tap into engaging with some of that history that is blocking you, that is holding you back. Um, but very concretely speaking, I think inner work is going into your history, um, looking at, oh, like, what is the root of some of the things that are causing me continuous pain and struggle in my life, in my relationships, at work, with family, whatever it is. And um, getting right with it, accepting it, bringing in forgiveness work, and choosing, choosing to take different actions, to let go and to really step in and claim the life that you want to have. 
Yes. I love that. Can you tell us a little bit about like, so your, what your version of that looked like? So you said the turning point for you was the moment in Barnes and Nobles when you saw wherever mm-hmm. you go, there you are, mm-hmm. which I obviously tapped into. <laughs> um, but can you, can you share like from that point forward, you read that book and then how, like, what was the, what did the work look like for you? Mm -hmm. to transform your relational patterns that were causing you painful experiences with love. And now, Mm -hmm. you know, you were able to, to date, date with depth. Like what was the journey like for you? Yeah. So, um, it's funny. Like, I I also like to call myself a recovering self-help book (laughs) 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 because, you know, oftentimes I'm like, this is going to be the book that's going to change everything. And then like, I was still doing the same thing. So I did read this book. It was incredibly inspiring. And um, what I, I often sort of teach in my body of work is that like we need real life experience to make real changes. Like you can't just like read a book. To me, I just, I don't think I could just read a book and then just be like, okay, now I'm going to like implement these things. We need life experiences to help practice these things. So of course I read this book and I'm like, I'm so inspired and like, at the time I was, I was in a relationship with somebody, well, relationship, situationship, whatever you want to call it. It was (laughs) undefined, but I was really, um, into this person. And, um, I really thought that they were going to be the one. The one. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, this is it. This is it. Like I'm doing it right this time. But when this person told me yet again, Hey, like, I like you, but I'm just not feeling this. And then they told me, and I'd never heard this before, but like, they told me, I knew that this wasn't going to go very far, but I stayed open to maybe my mind being changed. And it just crushed me. And like, I just felt like I, I, I like finally like bottomed out for the last time in this area of my life. And I was just like, I cannot do this anymore. You know? And I feel like that was, that was like the turning point. And I share this a lot in my story that I was just like, okay, like it truly is me. Like no matter what, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying all these things. It truly is me. It's you. That's the so. pattern. And it's also you that you're seeking. Like, I, I, I feel that we're, I'm, I love that Catherine, that you yelled out the one. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, even just like, it makes me so sick. I, I, I feel like this is so, we're so indoctrinated with this, the one language still, and people mm-hmm. still seeking and waiting and, and how disempowering, like just, I'm just yeah. picturing you there being like, I think this is it. This is the one, like the, we're searching for this thing, mm-hmm. this big, firework thing that's going to save us rescue us and there is no like you're you're the one everything we experience in relationship is ourselves we experience Mm -hmm. every corner of ourselves our our you know feisty fighter self if that's what the relationship activates or our soft tender self or sensual Mm -hmm. self or whatever we we're experiencing ourselves and yeah it's just like that terminology just needs to go out the window it's so it's it's so disempowering Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I completely agree. And uh, I felt really disempowered at the, like the ending of that relationship. And that actually set me on this long journey um, of just like, I was like, okay, like we we really do need to take a break on dating. And like, not everybody needs to do that. Like, I do feel like you can 
you know, date with depth and, and do some of this inner work and build a relationship with yourself while you are actively dating. I teach this too. It's like, you can heal while you're dating too, you know, like so you don't have to like close yourself up. I just needed that because I was so heartbroken at the end of this relationship. Mm-hmm. And so what that looked like was, um, you know, I was like, I love what you said. Like I was trying to find myself, like I went on a journey of finding myself. So what did that look like? I, well, I entered therapy (laughs) and that helped a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I do, you know, work with a lot of women who, you know, they, they like coaching and they also like therapy because, you know, therapy can help you really unpack some of your past and like, look at some of these patterns. And then like, what I love about the coaching is like, helps you create a plan to move forward and take action on your desires and goals. Right. So I think they work so beautifully together. Um, but I did enter therapy and, um, in addition to having issues in my love life, I was also having issues in like other areas of my life. There's a lot of work I needed to do, needed to do around forgiving some things that have happened in my childhood. And so, and also looking a lot at my mindset, my thinking, like mm-hmm. what did I believe was true about myself and, and love relationships? So a lot of specific work on um, shifting beliefs. Like I'm a huge proponent of Byron Katie's the work. Yes. Um, I teach that in my courses as well. Um, so I, I dove deep into her work and just being like, wow, like where are the places that I'm judging and have anger and or resentment with the people I have in my life? And where am I not taking responsibility? Mm-hmm. So in, in this process of um, really learning to get into relationship with myself, bringing in forgiveness, looking at my judgments, um, looking at my expectations that I had of people, where was I expecting you to save me? And where wasn't I stepping in to save myself? You know? Um, so it's so a lot of mindset work, therapy, um, a lot of just also like diving into my purpose. So this is when I discovered, oh, I, I would like to be a coach. And so a lot of coaches go into coaching because they, they have stuff they need to work out themselves personally, right? And then as coaches, we get to show other people how they can do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so started, started really um, thinking about like, what is it that I want to do on this planet? You know, focusing on my purpose and um, still going on dates, still having some train wrecks <laughs> because it's not like, you know, you just like, found this book and I'm going to go find myself. And like, yeah, there were some places where I fall, I, I fell flat on my face, you know? Um, and I had experiences where I met people who were really available to me and it terrified me. Mm. This is also something that I teach a lot. It's like, I was chasing unavailable people, but I was also like running away from the available ones. Yeah. Cause the unavailable know. ones were safe and the available ones were like, ah, you're actually mm-hmm. going to love me. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, they give you a reflection of like, oh, like you're worthy. I like you. And I'm like, but I don't think I'm worthy. Yeah, There's something wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) So, um, you know, my, my, my inner work journey was a lot of like shifting my perspective and changing my, my behaviors. So a lot of inner work on like, um, where the like like where did this unworthiness belief come from what how can I collect evidence for my worthiness by enacting self-care allowing myself to be treated well on dates you know like this is like the behavior change in in addition to the thinking 
and um you know a lot like more tears more falling on my face and eventually I started feeling better you know I started feeling like I didn't need a relationship to be okay and when I started like I was like okay like I have I have my coaching business I have my purpose I have friends I'm going on dates with nice people but uh they don't quite meet my values. You know, a lot of this process was like discovering like what was really important to me. So a big part of my story also is like being involved in relationships that were open. And I've gotten super clear that my value is like, I want to be in a committed monogamous relationship. Yeah. You know? That's such yeah. a, wait, have, where did you live before San Francisco? Before San Francisco was Austin, Texas. Yeah, open room. It's so funny. It's like Encinitas, Boulder, San Francisco, <laughs> yeah. Austin. Like that's the polyamory hubs. <laughs> yeah, but like, so so part of like, you know, dating with depth is also like acknowledging like, what is your core value and being yes. right with that. So, yes. like, so many times we're like, okay, like we want something that's like undefined, like play it cool. But like, I really teach it's like, no, you have to be right on the spot of what you want. Yes. So you can call in the person who can, who can be in alignment with that. Yeah. And when we don't know ourselves and we don't, we just get wrapped up in the environment we're around. Like there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of women out there who are the opposite where they're only, you know, forcing themselves to be monogamous, but what, what would actually be really natural to them is to, is to open mm, up and totally, then, you know, totally. women like you who are like, you're, you were immersed in a, which is pretty rare to be immersed in a community where that's more the norm. And then, mm -hmm. and then, so you get caught up in that and, uh, yeah. and yet that, you know, getting, knowing what, wait, what is me? What is my value? What is my non-negotiable? What is my, and, and, it, and that can change. I mean, I have a friend who we're going to interview at some point who she and her partner, opened up their marriage. And then when they had a baby, they closed the marriage and they mm -hmm. were just together, just the two of them. And then, and now there's exploration about opening it again. And it's just like, but they're just honoring their truth moment to moment. Like we can't mm. know what we're going to desire 10 years from now, 20 years from now, but right now today I'm feeling desire for a monogamous relationship and that could yeah. evolve and it might not. And yeah. Thank you so much for saying that, that, that yes. Like to me, dating with depth is not about like, I'm putting these rigid structures around my dating life because this is what's going to serve me for the rest of my life. Like it is moving and changing just like we are. But the key is being in alignment with your values and values can change. Yeah. You know, being in alignment with your values every step of the way and honoring that every step of the way. Yeah. It's kind of mind blowing to even consider, like I, I was the, who do you want me to be in order mm -hmm. for you to love me? Like, oh yeah, I like that band. Oh yeah, sure. I like that show. Oh, <laughs> you like doing that? Yeah, me too. Like, oh, I'm fine. Just having casual dating. The um, shapeshifter. <laughs> and then we, and then like the pain is like, then we wonder in the relationship why it feels awful. Mm -hmm. and this permission, you know, the thing I, I really, many, many minutes ago, you talked about like being addicted to self-help, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I, I really appreciated that because I think there needs to be a calling out of personal development work is very different than relational development. 
Um, and I think we're in this kind of narcissistic process right now with so much self development that we then forget relational development, like actually being mindful of another human being, right? Someone not wanting what you want does not make them wrong. Like we're done with that. We're done doing that. We're done shaming the other person or making them bad, you know, for not being able to show up for you the way you want them to. And psychoanalyzing their childhood and their process because they're showing up the way they are like give me a break like stop um and this practice of i i think until you have your own soul you can't even see the soul of another mm. person like you won't be able to appreciate who the man or woman across the table from you is if you don't know how to see yourself because otherwise what you see is someone who can you can use right? Like talk about shadow work. Like you want to sit with how you're using other people. Like when you're in that, fill me up, validate me, make me feel good about myself. That's actually toxic. Yes. Abuse is toxic, but the uh, toxicity starts there. And I don't see enough talked about the toxic relationships we can have with ourselves. Like it is toxic to make yourself wrong all the time. It is toxic to throw yourself into reading 5,000 books in order to fix yourself because you think you're broken, right? Mm -hmm. It's toxic to betray yourself or not honor what is real and true for you or be looking to other women. I mean, Kate and I talk all the time about like, stop giving your friends really horrible dating advice. (laughs) Like suggest going (laughs) to a coach rather than you taking it on because we can only Mm -hmm. offer advice from inside the consciousness that we're carrying ourselves. But- your friends might not want what you want, right? Like if you're in that community of, well, this is what everyone is saying they want. And maybe you don't want that. You have to give yourself permission to to honor that, you know? And I keep thinking, and Ken Page of Deeper Dating talks about this, like having a dating buddy. And that's what I think having a relationship coach is. Like someone who's actually tracking you, who knows your patterns in and out, who's able to reflect you to you and can call you out when you're either pushing the available person away, right? And running from what's good for you or about to walk down into the pattern of the old. But that kind of place of having someone who's, I'm committed to this attitude too. And that's why coaching is so powerful. That's why group work is so powerful and how necessary that is to have someone who's saying, okay, we're gonna do this together. Like we're gonna do this a different way, okay. How do you, you know, having friends that actually ask you the right questions, like, what do you want? Women are so quick to jump in about men, man. Like it is insane. But there were, an, they spent hours analyzing his behavior before anyone even looks at the woman and says, and how does this feel for you? What's actually mm-hmm. happening for you? Do you like this? Is there something you need to ask? Is there something where you're out of alignment before we just spend hours bashing, you know, the other person? And I think there just has to be this practice, like relational development is be out in the world, right? Like dating is so necessary. If you're dating from, I'm on a mission, I'm on a hunt (laughs) to to find my husband, you're missing the whole point of how it is about learning about yourself. And I think how you date is how you'll be in relationship period. Yes, the work will, there'll be different work because of coming up with conflict triggers, you know, not getting your needs met perfectly in a partnership has to be dealt with. But I think why dating is so powerful is because you're having a relationship. It is a relationship. You're in relationship with every single person you're going on a date with. And how are you showing up for it? Yes. It's one of the greatest ways to understand yourself like to, to get to know your patterns before you get into relationship. Like it's such a great setup for a healthy relationship. If you can 
if you can date with depth and use it as a tool to get to know, and we'll like break that down even more specifically for dating, but use it as a tool to get to know yourself and to get to know your blind spots and your patterns and your beliefs and what kind of men are you pushing away and what kind or women or what kind are you pulling towards you? And um, I, cause I love that one thing you said, um, Michelle starving. I was starving myself of connection when you were pushing away dating because I, it's so many of the women listening are either dating to get a result, like you said, Catherine, or pushing away dating, like just shut down from it altogether. And when we push away dating, I love that you said starving self of connection. Like you, that's what we're doing is we're starving ourselves of dating. All dating is, is connecting. And if we can look through that lens and actually have it be an opportunity to connect is this person feel aligned? How do I feel in my body? How is this conversation feeling? Um, not who do I think they are, but how do I feel what's happening inside of me and actually just using it as a way to meet more people, to connect, to get to know ourselves more deeply. And then, um, you know, the right, the right people who aren't aligned will, okay, then you won't continue the connection, but some, you know, when we're dating, it doesn't even mean you might meet an amazing man or woman who's not meant to be your partner but they're meant to be your business partner or like your friend's partner or a a dear friend. Like we, we never know the purpose of why we have connections. I believe that there's such magic behind who we meet when we meet and why. And so, yeah, to me, that's what dating with depth is, is like really using it as a tool to grow as opposed to a a result producer, as opposed to like using it to try and get, a guy me feel to better feel, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly yeah. Like, I gotta get this thing done I gotta check this box no it's like it's an opportunity to grow and to experience ourselves in new ways and gosh the, if there's any way to a- activate and, and show us different parts of ourselves it's be around different people mm-hmm. yeah and the uh the the context of dating like you said is the perfect place to do that and then Catherine, you were talking about something that made me think, um, you brought up shadow work. And um, that is also, you know, part of dating with depth too, like being able to look at your own motives, like be honest with yourself about like, why am I doing this? Like, what is my motive? Sometimes our motives are really shadowy, you know, like I think back to, you know, again, my process of like, how like how is dating what did dating with depth look like for me and my personal story like a lot of shadow work like you said Catherine you know like using people you know having I had this like breakthrough um when I realized that like like I wasn't I wasn't dating to like get to know someone or experience connection I was I was dating because I felt like I needed to you know get married or have a family and like this person wasn't actually a person. Mm-hmm. They were just like a part of this story I had in my head. Mm. And that wasn't fair. Yeah. And then all this pressure that I would put on them, like, don't you know you're supposed to be my husband and give me a baby? A baby? <laughs> you know, it's just like, right. no, that's not fun. It's, it's not so fun. horrible. Well, you actually, yeah. I've never thought of it as using people, but that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hor- like, hey, you're supposed to fill a role in my movie. Like, here, get in here. It's about, it's all about, yeah, just, ugh how how horrible (laughs) and that's why it's the shadow work because it takes a lot of courage to be willing to look at that and then hopefully it becomes funny 
you know, I was thinking I had, a, I have a client where we just literally laugh. She'll be like, oh my God, I'm such a controlling fucker. <laughs> like <laughs> like, like you, when you can just name that that's totally what I'm doing right now. I'm controlling this person. I'm manipulating this person. Like I think a huge block in dating is the judgment, like insane amounts of judgment that are projected out toward other people, which is all obviously a reflection of how judgmental we are to ourselves. But that's something that has to get called out. But the reason I can talk about this is because this piece was actually my awakening when I got it, that I was using people, that, that it was toxic, that I could not see another person that I was objectifying men the way that I had been objectified for my body. And that, I mean, once that light was on, like, it was like, no more, like, I am not living like this. I won't live like this. I don't want to do this to people. And of course it's the raging empty child inside. I mean, infants don't care if it's convenient for mom to feed them when they're hungry. <laughs> like, like we have to like really get at that level. Like that's how big, when the need is that big, that's your infant self. Like that is primal emptiness. And that's the analogy I always use because infants do not care if mom is tired or if it's convenient when they are hungry and they need something. But if you're behaving like that in a relationship, you have to drop everything right now to pay attention to me. Like, um, I'm sorry. No, that's not how adult, adult relationships work. And I think it's, it's hopefully it feels just like comforting for us to name this for people mm. and like recognize that this is the power struggle phase of relationship like once once you're in like the power struggle phase is so important because it's can we each hold one another's sovereignty mm -hmm. right can i bear the tension of you're not going to perfectly respond to my every need and every yeah. cue and be there for me when i need it and even always say the right thing um and oh. I, I, I love, you know, I, I think you said it before we hit record, but just talking about the way, you know, your nap, you navigate triggers with your partner now and like how magical that is like the alchemy of relationship when you can use it well. Mm -hmm. um, and so I wonder if we could just address that for a moment, but I guess the only, I don't know if you want to say more about shadow work too, but, but shadow work is essentially the things that you judge about yourself or the things that are disowned, the things that are actually hard for you to see. And you usually mm -hmm. need someone else to be pointing it out because shadow means disowned. So you can't see it. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. yeah. If yeah. you can see it, it isn't shadow work until exactly. it comes out into the light. Um, right. But I know that, I mean, we, we could do a whole other episode on that because that that's another thing that's thrown around a lot right now, yeah. but hopefully just take a look. I, I, and have, I really appreciate the very basis because this is also healing codependency. Codependency is about the most messed up motives. Um, and yeah. so that, that's a good grounding question. Like what are my true and authentic motives with what I'm about mm -hmm. to do right now? So thank mm -hmm. you for that. But yeah. relationship alchemy. Yeah. Um, I just also want to say what you said was just so beautifully stated around what I heard was just like showing up as an adult in a relationship. That's also a big part of dating with depth because like, if you think about it, like children, they, they, they can't take responsibility. They're not meant to, right. Throw tantrums can only see their own perspective. And like, when we are doing those childlike behaviors in adult relationships it don't work <laughs> no. so a lot of dating with depth is also about <clears throat> you know learning how to show up in an adult ego state I like to say you know um being able to shift perspectives 
um, pausing when you are triggered, like having a moment of pause <laughs> before you act out on it. So yeah, like what is alchemy in relationship like? Well, um, you know, kind of going back to my story, it was like, you know, the shadow work, um, mindset work, shifting my behaviors, allowing myself to be loved and received, gathering evidence for my self-worth, you know, learning tools on how to show up in a relationship, you know, healthy communicating styles, like all these things. And um, I did meet my partner, my current partner, um, four years ago. Um, we were actually friends for a long time and I friend zoned him for a while. But as I, and like, you know, I, I share this, it wasn't like, oh, I just like did all this healing work and then like met my partner, like my partner appeared to me. He was already in my life after I did a bunch of work on myself. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, wow, like you are a fabulous human being. You're somebody mm -hmm. that like I could probably mm -hmm. really flourish with. And oh, you like like me a lot and you want to spend time with me and treat me well. <laughs> and like I could receive that, you know, yes. so um, because I did I did that work for myself to like fully receive them. Like I'm worthy of this kind of relationship, you know. And but, it's so perfect that you couldn't see him like he was your yeah, friend yeah. and you couldn't see him as a romantic partner because of the mm -hmm. barriers within yourself. Love, what is it? You, your task is not to seek and find love. Your task is to seek and remove all the barriers within yourself. Mm. We have built against love or our task. Exactly. Yeah. Rumi, oh. that's a Rumi quote, not mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just got yeah. chills. Yeah, for sure. Like that was exactly what it ha what happened for me and my partnership. And we got together and like we had a beautiful honeymoon period in the first, you know. <laughs> Everyone deserves that. I mean, you, we deserve, deserve the ecstasy. If you can do it from one foot in, like if you get what's happening. Mm -hmm. I mean, okay, I had sex like eight times a day with Andrew for eight months. Like <laughs> I had the best honeymoon yeah. phase, but yeah. it's one foot in, one foot out. And that's what consciousness does. When you can hold, you get what's happening. I'm flooded with chemicals. This is the honeymoon phase. This is not going to last forever. Mm -hmm. That's very different than I'm chasing the ecstasy. I'm not conscious of what's happening. This person's also treating me like shit and we're just having great sex. And I'm hoping yep. that this lasts forever. Like mm -hmm. this is really, I, I really appreciate, like we need to talk about, it's okay. The honeymoon's supposed to happen. It's supposed to be yeah. blissful mm -hmm. and fun. But the yeah. problem is when you're projecting it onto someone who's actually not there in the moments in between when you're having mm -hmm. great sex and, mm -hmm. and blissed out <laughs> with chemicals and that it's yeah. actually like emotional safety there too and you're aware that this isn't relationship this is the beginning right. but this is not right. what it's going to be like but that's yeah. what consciousness does you can have both feet in that experience or at least one foot out of it knowing mm -hmm. what's actually happening because mm -hmm. otherwise totally. the addiction is I'm, ch I'm chasing that rush over and over and over again and then I break up with the person when the honeymoon's over because I want to have that again but that's the best, that's the juiciest, yummiest part. Everyone deserves that too, along with the emotional safety and then the evolution into what the commitment actually means when that honeymoon is over. So yes, please tell us about how epic the honeymoon phase was for you, <laughs> because we need to make that fun. It's supposed to be peaceful and beautiful and fun. And it's very it different be, than addictive. It can <laughs> okay. have more depth. Like the honeymoon has more depth when you're owning everything that you feel and you know that that you like this person's an amazing, sexy, beautiful, handsome, whatever, brilliant activator. 
but that okay. it's you. Like when you know it's you, you to me, the honeymoon's way richer. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not this fairy tale facade where it's like all in your head of like, ooh, that your head causing chemicals. It's mm-hmm. actually your soul deepening into the experience within yourself and with this other person. And mm-hmm. that that to me makes for a much richer honeymoon than the totally. fantasy, which is what I imagine you would have had with him being so far along on your journey, but also you having the foundation of friendship. friendship. So there was already this level of depth and safety there, um, yeah. which would have allowed you to go even deeper. Yeah. I mean, I'm hearing, yeah. So, so I love what you said, Catherine, about one foot in, one foot out. And then also like, yeah, the friendship, Kate, um, we, we, we actually met as friends in a, you know, conscious relating community. So we were every Sunday going to these like fun community game nights where we would practice conscious communication. So we had that foundation where we could be in this, you know, honeymoon phase and like new relationship energy, but like bring awareness. And, you know, my, the, the way that I love and the way that like, I, I'm, I've learned about myself is that like a lot of my love came from fantasy early on Yeah. before I did my, my, my healing work and, you know, understood about anxious attachment styles and love addiction and all this stuff. Um, but in, in that honeymoon phase, it was, it was great it was great. And we had the language to be like, wow, like I am flooded with all these chemicals. Wow. Like I just can't keep my hands off of you. Wow. Like I'm feeling super possessive of that woman looking at you, like (laughs) all like being able to own my experience, you know, and name it. And so, yeah, we had, we had a great honeymoon period and we fell, not fell, but we got into partnership and wow, it was like a whole other level of (laughs) personal development Mm. because, you know, like someone mentioned on the call already, it's just like our relationships can be mirrors for us. You know, they just show us every nook and cranny of like ourselves that wants self-actualization and growth. And so I like to say that my partner and I have like the perfect holes to like trigger each other. So, um, let me see if I could speak about this in a general way, but like I can show up very powerfully and angry and it can um, trigger him and his past stuff. And then he can show up very avoidant sometimes and it can trigger my past stuff of abandonment. So we're like so perfect for each other. Mm-hmm. And like none of that was like available to us in our honeymoon period. But, you know, as you drop deeper into relationship and you, you get to know people, like these things come up, triggers happen. And so how do you alchemize that? You know, well, um, being an adult and taking responsibility is the first step, right? And that's another sort of extension of dating with that, taking responsibility. Like, how am I being impacted? If, if. I could take away, like if it was nobody else's fault out there for how I felt, what would be true? (laughs) What would be the truth there? If no one else was to blame, what would be the truth right here? Mm. So I'm constantly asking myself those questions, even today, you know? Um, That's a beautiful anchor for people, that question. Yeah. And um, this is how I think, you know, alchemy of relationship happens you use any triggers you use things in your relationship to get to know yourself better and to love yourself better and then love the other better right 
not needing things from them, not needing that, needing them to be a certain way or do a certain thing for me to be okay. It's about building deep emotional security and stability mm. within myself mm. so that I can, I can really love healthy. Mm. This is supportive okay. using. <laughs> this, is, this is when the using is in service when you're using mm-hmm. it in service to your to gr- the growth and deepening of the relationship and I, I think that's depth relationship like I've said superficial relationships avoid conflict whereas relationships with depth say oh this conflict is here in order for me to look more deeply mm-hmm. and you know when you when you get how the human psyche works we're only going to end up with the perfectly matched wounds yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like you can't run from your childhood, my friends. Like you can't mm-hmm. run from who you are. You wouldn't even be attracted to the person that doesn't have the hooks and, and the bumps that will exactly match yours. And that's why learning to love all that annoys you and learning to love mm-hmm. all that frustrates you mm-hmm. and learning to love. Like, I remember laughing the day that Andrew woke up and was like, he was such a dick like the, the grumpy <laughs> in the morning. And I just started laughing because I could, because it was when the honeymoon was breaking. I was like, oh, I'm like getting so annoyed. He's being such a like grumpy jerk right now. And then I just burst out laughing like, okay, now we're moving out of honeymoon, mm-hmm. right? And, and into this, and what am I going to do about it? And it feels like, yeah, it's a lot of work to choose to live this way, but it's work with tremendous reward. And I think that's been the, the, at least when I feel you, Michelle, like, and women can heal. Here's, here's your brand. Like it's be- like, this is the message is there is tremendous reward on the other side. Like mm. your courage to do this work, your courage to look, your willingness to look, you will experience things that just are not possible to touch from inside your wounded self, from inside child, from inside fantasy, from inside saboteur, as Kate would say, like mm. things are not accessible from that level of consciousness and the whole world can be touched by you when you're in your heart, when you're in your fullest expression, when you can learn how to love. I think there's nothing more important than that. Like that's why I became a relationship coach was like, there is nothing more important than learning how to love. That's why we're here. That's why we're here to become all that we are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's beautifully stated. I am. Yeah. Like the alchemy, the alchemy of relationship. It made me think of something that recently happened in my relationship over the holiday we were planning to travel to where my family lives and this would be the second year in a row we were doing it and I was I was so excited and COVID hit (laughs) and I was like well I'm still going I'm just gonna like you know triple mask it and aren't you coming with me and it's like no uh I have a boundary around traveling and it was like such a Oof, it, a lot of alchemy happened there. Like I had to, like, I, first I went in shock. I was like, oh, this really hurts. I don't understand what's happening for me. I need space. Mm. So this is like step one in alchemy, like pausing when you're triggered and like letting, letting yourself have the space to be with what is authentically arising for you. So I needed three days. And I told him though, I was like, hey, like, I'm not just running away from you. I'm still committed to this relationship. I am triggered by your decision. Need some space to unpack this, mm. and so I dove. I dove into my tools, and what I discovered was like things that I didn't actually really. I thought it was like, oh, he he's not coming, and I'm upset about it um, because I really wish that he would be there. Like what the deeper thing for me was after 
you know, doing the inner work and, and doing some evaluating was that like, it hit my deep abandonment wound. Like there it is yet again, <laughs> you know, That's why fucker. we're together, right? <laughs> That's fucker. Why, why are we together in this relationship? My partner and I, so that I can heal, continue to heal this wound that was there before I met him, mm-hmm. you know, and for him to keep healing, mm-hmm. like that wound, like, oh, there's like angry women are powerful. They're not going to destroy me, you know? Um, and so it was just like such a beautiful moment of healing for us. Like now, even four years into our relationship, I share this because like, it just keeps coming up, like more opportunities come up to deepen your relationship with yourself, to heal, to discover more about yourself, to be like, Oh, there it is again, that wound, they're poking it again. And, um, you know, I'm happy to say like, I went and I went home. He didn't come. We stayed connected. We created a plan to keep loving and supporting each other while we were apart. And like, that's an example of alchemy of relationship where a partner tells you, Hey, I'm not coming home for the holidays with you. And you can survive it. Mm -hmm. it. And honor their boundary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't just become a wedge between you. That's not, that's unspoken, but that ends up going into your arsenal backpack of all the things that they've all the ways they've wronged you in the past. And then Mm -hmm. is used as ammunition later. Like that's just most people do relationships so unconsciously, like everything's just reacting from our pain as opposed to taking responsibility for it. So that's such a beautiful example. And I love, I mean, we were talking about this before we started recording, but I think that this is what the coaching industry needs more of is us sharing stories that are recent. Cause like, this is a day-to-day thing. This is not, a, we are not coaches that are evolved and we're on top of a mountain preaching a message and we've got it all sorted out. No, this is like a practice that's ongoing. I, that I, I have activations almost every day, like that I work through and go into and Catherine and I process and like, it's, it, this is a lifelong journey of mm-hmm. the human experience. And this is what we signed up for. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I love that. It's so beautiful. I love the word activation. I want to start using that more because it, it's it's language where I feel like I'm automatically taking ownership rather than yes. like, oh, you yeah. you made me. You triggered like, me. No, I'm, 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 I'm activated. activated. Yeah, so and we can be activated that. in a pleasurable way and a painful way. So mm-hmm. it's just like, it's just a much more empowering word. And the word trigger is a gun, which that word was probably created by a man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so there's that <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's I love the interchangeable and and for me at least I I use trigger because for me I'm only triggered when it's something from the past mm-hmm. and that becomes my anchor like if I can feel the trigger then I know I'm no longer present and I can't see clearly what's at, mm-hmm. all actually happening. And so hopefully if, if using activation too, it's like, oh, if I'm activated, this is touching something mm-hmm. within me It's I'm, and I can't be present. And I have, I love, um, thank you for the caveat of like, I didn't just disappear for three days. Like I let him know <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. because, but also I, I've joked like the most underused relationship tool in cup for couples is timeout. Yeah. Like yeah. within, within our first year, not when we were triggered, when we were calm and in love, <laughs> I said, Hey, let's, let's make an agreement that if one of us shouts time out, it's 20 minutes, 
separate, you stop talking. And it means in those 20 minutes, we're self-soothing, centering ourselves and coming back. And we respect what whoever has said it first, no matter what. Yeah. And seven years later, that's our commitment. If somebody says that, I don't get to be pissed that he said it (laughs) and then try to talk more. You know, it's if someone says timeout, it is timeout. And it means 20 minutes. And there have been times when I've come back at 20 minutes and he said, I'm actually not fully processed yet. I need another 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> okay. Yes, <laughs> you know, know, like, okay. And, I, and now I'm gonna, you know, okay. I have to sit with myself a little more. Um, but yeah, I really appreciate the recent story and the reflection and hearing those more real time, you know, examples, because I think this talk about fantasy and personal development, the fantasy of perfection. I'll just mm-hmm. meet my partner and I'll just read enough books and do enough work on myself that, you know, this, this will be the, the case. And, and I, I love this date with the depth. It's, you know, not everyone will choose this. Oh, not everyone will choose this. This is the doorbell for those of you that are choosing dating with depth. <laughs> <You just> heard, <laughs> Leela's, Leela's on board for dating with depth. Um, but you know, you, you're listening because you want this and you're saying, yes, like I, I love Kate, your reflection on like, remember that you asked for this, you know, like remember that you asked for this. Like if you're going to choose to date with depth and you're going to choose to be awake, you asked for every activation, for every rub, for every, you know, difficult situation. And that's such an empowering thing, you know, to hold in our hearts. I've never heard you say the timeout thing either. I love that so much because I think that not just with romantic relationships, but every time you feel an activation, give, could you give yourself a timeout when you feel like deeply triggered or activated, your wound is taken over, your saboteur is taking the wheel, your inner child is freaking out. Um, can you give yourself a timeout and self-soothe and go into, into whatever's coming up for you so that, um, I, I created these heroin codes for my clients. And one of them is to speak with loving intention, but before you can get to that step where you can actually communicate with loving intention, even when you're communicating your pain, you have to uncover what your pain is and you have to go into it and nurture yourself through it before you can actually cleanly communicate. But so often we're trying to even use communication tools in the middle of a trigger doesn't work. It's like yeah. when you're deep in it. that state. It. Yeah. I, I remember teaching this communication tool to my clients. And then one of my clients tried, she's like, Kate, he reacted. He freaked out. I used it. I used the terms you said. I totally owned everything. And I'm like, yeah, how were you feeling in the moment when you were communicating? <laughs> like, I wanted to kill him. Like, yeah, okay. So he's reacting to your energy, not just yeah. to, not just the word. Like the words don't mean anything if there's a fuck you or, or I want to kill you energy behind it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, that is so good. And that's like still a part of some of my my work today. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, am, I have the language. Like, I'm like, I know what to say. I have the scripts, but if the energy isn't aligned, if there's still something hurting in there or I want to hurt them, that's why I have to check my motives. Like, where am I at right now? How am I feeling? And be willing to sit with myself long enough until I'm, I'm like clear, you know? So I love that. Set the time out when you're not triggered. (laughs) make make the agreement and if you are flooded with emotion your right brain is off Mm -hmm. like rational thinking you can't even 
it's not, so this is important because it's not your fault. Like, it's not like, mm-hmm. oh, I've done something wrong that I can't access it. Flooded with emotion. That's why timeout is so important and why I don't believe and don't go to bed angry. Because mm-hmm. if I'm freaking exhausted and I'm angry, staying up for five more hours with you trying to process what has just <laughs> happened, like, actually, it's like, timeout, let's go to bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'll talk to you in the morning when I've rested and I have my coffee in the morning, only one yeah. cup because two cups now make me anxious. <laughs> um, but, you know, like giving ourselves credit, I think that's why the body, the body-based work, like when, once you get that we are animals first, like this is the honeymoon phase, like your brain releases chemicals in the honeymoon phase that, that that's, yeah. we are designed to bond and have those experience. Like that's how brilliant our body is. Mm-hmm. Just like it's brilliant that when we're flooded with emotion, you know, our right brain turns off. That's yeah. why timeout, timeout is so powerful. Um, but that Kate, that was the best example and so cute and hysterical. And I'm yeah. sure so many people can like Andrew, Andrew yelling at me like, what are you even saying right now? I don't know. <laughs> like okay time out i'm doing everything right but it's not working yeah, totally. yeah. so so michelle your um your program that you're launching i i think you said it's not coming out till march but it's called date with date with depth is that yeah. right yeah yeah that's right so um i've been i've been figuring out this this framework like putting it into uh a structure that can, you know, support women and kind of having the same breakthroughs and awakening I had for myself um, personally and also in my relationships. Um, and I, I'm so grateful that I took the time to go through it five times with like five different groups of women. So now it's ready to be a kind of do-it-yourself self-paced version of it and that I'm super excited about. It's coming out in April. So I'm, I'm busy like editing all the footage and um, getting all the assignments and it's, it's going to be um, sort of a six, not a sort of, it will be a six session uh, course that just takes you through the exact steps of doing that intentional inner work so that you can clarify your vision, clarify your values, clarify your goals in your love life, whether you're in partnership or, or not, or seeking partnership, but to clarify and discover them um, so that you can, you can be in a healthy relationship so that you can sort of break the cycle that I was going through. If you happen to you know, be chasing unavailable people or just find yourself in the same love situations, painful, same love situations over and over again, to really break that, to give yourself the structure to go inward, um, learn some tools, um, do some inner work, really build what I like to call a strong love identity. Like, what do you desire? Like, what does your true authentic self want in love? Not what other people told you or you, you might think you want, but like, what do you truly want mm. in partnership? You build that strong love identity, you know, look at your history look at your limiting beliefs that come up in love and dating and rewrite them and then um, execute a dating and relationship strategy for yourself where you know what are the green flags that you're looking for? What are your red flags? What are your yellow flags? This is a course that takes you through all of that. So at the end, you can integrate it all and feel secure and feel like you're in the driver's seat of your love life rather than you know, add effect to all of it. So I'm super excited about it. 
so amazing sounds so needed so needed like such a like just a simple guide for women to know know themselves in dating and to Mm -hmm. actually cultivate what they truly desire without and so many of us are just so disconnected from what we desire because we don't you know if you don't know your own soul if you haven't broken free from your patterns (laughs) leading the way then you know it's sometimes it's hard to even know what we deeply desire and what's true for us and what's what our values are and all that so Sounds amazing. Um, so yeah. they can find you on Instagram because obviously you don't have it ready now, but um, right, it's in the works right now. But if um, yeah, if there's any listeners who want to be connected or learn more about it, my Instagram is probably the best place to check me out. I do a lot of writing and videos and teaching there. So at women can heal is my handle. So at women can heal. Yep. At women can heal. And uh, yeah, that would be the best place to connect. And then I'll be sharing a lot more about the rollout of this e-course that I'm super excited about. Celebrating Uh, you so big and your brilliance. Oh my God, this was an epic episode. Thank you so much for your story, your expertise, your energy, your heart. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank thank you. you, Michelle. So nice to meet you. That was beautiful. So if you loved this podcast episode, send it to all your friends. This was so important for for every woman who is dating to hear. And we would so appreciate your feedback. If you're not already in the New Truth Movement Facebook group, come join us and share your insights and reflections. Remember that having a community of women who are living this way too is essential on your journey to self-responsibility, accountability, and following your heart's desires. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.